The Republican National Convention just wrapped up, and now we have the opportunity to compare it to the Democratic National Convention, and that's exactly what we'll do. We'll talk speakers, we'll talk viewership, and we'll talk how much each convention drew in in dollars. Then we're going to discuss something that happened recently in Portland. Some may describe it as civil war type activities where you had Trump supporters meeting with Antifa in Portland. And then we're going to delve into the curious case of Kyle Rittenhouse and the events that took place in Kenosha. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is RX Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Go on over to Twitter. Follow us at Hanging With Apes. Go on over to our website. That's HangingWithApes.com. Sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop music, go to any major music streaming platform. Type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. You can follow me personally at Kill Cartoon on Twitter. You can follow him personally at rx phonics twitter and instagram very nice very nice uh lot to go over today jam-packed episode um it's heating up we're getting closer to the election less than 100 days away it is heating up we just wrapped up the rnc we got to talk about kyle rittenhouse we got to talk about the civil war type activities that took place in portland what are we going to delve into first Oh, I mean, we could kind of work our way up. The RNC uh, finished, gave Trump a boost. Biden was up by eight points, what, like about a month ago? Trump had went up one point on the Res, Rasmussen right yeah. after the, yeah. right, uh, well, actually, right before the DNC, Trump was up and yeah. then... the dnc gave biden a little bit of a boost but uh where we seem to have saw was in the battleground states it tightened which that's very important those particular states those battleground states and then another thing that we saw tighten which i think ought to be very scary for biden is that trump Tighten the gap when it came to national, the yes. national polls. Yeah. If things are tight nationally, because we all pretty much expected that Biden would have the popular vote. That's mm-hmm. what happened with Hillary. We expected the same thing to happen with Biden. But I don't know. It's it, it's it's very close for comfort. If I was the Democrats, if I was Biden. Um, do you think the RNC played a role in that? And if so, what do you think exactly was the contributing factors? So I, I think it did. I think I think the DNC and the RNC, they both didn't do well numbers-wise, but I think also because uh, a lot of people are kind of already deciding who they're going to go with. Um, yeah. I think that the RNC did a good job. The DNC did a did a bad job because they they did a lot of this is Trump's America, this is Trump's America, this is Trump's America. Now, if you're actually going to break stuff down logically, uh, a lot of the stuff that's going on is extreme leftist points, and and that's that's what's going on: the rioting, the looting, all that. And in it, and in leftist territories. Yeah. So the RNC, all the RNC had to do was just be like, "Well, look at the streets. This is what they're causing. They can't get over 2016." I'm the Law and Order president. We're the Law and Order administration. Mike Pence's speech was really good, and and, and uh, that made me very excited for the debate versus Kamala, because he seems like, you know, prepared. Yeah. It, uh, and. I thought that was good. Trump's speech was pretty good, too. I think at the end, they were saying, listen, everything was great. COVID happened. Everything will remain great once we get over COVID. Uh, Meanwhile, the left, 
they don't renounce the rioting. They don't renounce the, the looting. They don't, where's Biden? Why, why isn't he saying anything? So they did what they had to do, push Biden's administration into a corner to like have to answer. And it actually worked because now you're starting to see the media kind of worry because they were playing this game of like, oh, look, look at the streets. No, the polls are tightening because you guys are okay with this violence and you guys aren't, 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 aren't like pushing or asking Biden anything. And now that now that everything is tight, now you're like, oh well, they have to renounce it. They have to renounce it. And it's like, well, no, you don't. You don't just get to say that. You were cool with it. And then and then there was a there was a a, a video you tweeted, uh, I think today, where it shows different like Nancy Pelosi, different people on the left, where they're like, even even um people on CNN, saying like, oh well. Uh, protesting isn't supposed to be peaceful or you know it doesn't have to be peaceful and then nancy pelosi saying oh well you, you gotta let them do what they're gonna do and and now all of a sudden because it's not looking so great now yeah you know now you want to switch the tune now you want to sing another song and it's like well i don't know that you can you you chose the side and and i mean biden is losing his mind so you know that he's probably not going to be there yeah for the whole term and, and and just to 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 pause you for a second mm-hmm. about that particular video you saw a lot of very heinous things that were said in that video yeah it was like you had one point where maxine waters was in front of a crowd and she was saying if you see any cabinet member in a restaurant to go like harass them, yeah. are you insane? And then recently, uh, another House member, Ayanna Presley, she said that we need to take to the streets and cause unrest. As much unrest as we feel in our lives, we need to cause. And that's what's so funny about the direction that the left wants to go in when it's selling this narrative of victimhood is... Whatever unrest you feel in your life, cause it cause it for them, irregardless as to what was the cause of that unrest in your own life. But, but then not only that, but then turn around and say, oh, this is a culture Trump's created. But are you not listening to yourself? Like, you're the one creating this culture. Trump's not creating the culture. Trump just fights back. And what? how exactly, like... <laughs> How exactly do people rationalize this notion that he's been fanning the flames of hate for three and a half years? Like, I don't get that at all. I mean, I would say that there were some things that he said at certain points that were misunderstood, like the whole uh, Charlottesville thing where he's like, oh, well, there was good people on both sides. A lot of people misunderstood that. A lot of people also didn't understand the fact that the the white supremacists that were there, yeah, it's stupid to be a white supremacist. It's not good, but that is your right. If you want to be that, you have the right to be that. Yeah. At the same time, they had a permit to do what it was that they were doing, uh, trying to defend like that statue, and then those counter protesters met them. So, you know, the yeah. like the way that he had phrased it, I think it could have been phrased better. But that was really the only thing that I could point at and be like, okay, well, I could see where people are coming from. But they are really trying to shove this narrative down the American people's throat of he's been fanning the flames of hate. I don't know if you saw, which we'll get into it later on, but Ted Wheeler, the mayor of Portland, he came out in a press conference recently and and pretty much the whole press conference was against Trump. Never mind the civil war that's taking place in the downtown of your city. Never mind, I don't know, how many months worth of, of burning and looting and destruction of your city has been taking place. But yet somehow, oh, and also never mind the fact that Trump offered help. You wrote a very highly publicized letter saying that you don't want his help, but somehow... This is his fault. Very, very weird. Very out of touch. Yeah. So, no wonder the polls have tightened. 
And and really, it doesn't like like for example, Chicago. That's going to be a blue state. It's going to be a blue state. But this is where like Ohio, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. They're just looking. They're seeing what's going on. Like we'll see what what the whole Kenosha stuff in Wisconsin. What what is that gonna uh, boil down to? Like what are they gonna look at? Because that situation, I think, is is something with. If you look at the way government has handled, different governments have handled uh, these riots and looting in, in in America, and and we could at least speak for Chicago. Um, yeah, there's really no. There's really no uh, plan to to stop that uh, to the point where, like, remember when they were uh, throwing all those uh, bottles and rocks and all that stuff to the to the to the CPD mm-hmm. uh, where the Christopher Columbus statue was? You know, they were told not to wear riot gear because it didn't it, it didn't look right, like, like for the yeah. optics, yeah, yeah, for the optics of it. And then you watch that video, and they're literally like surrounded by a mob of people getting thrown stuff at them i i don't understand so again yeah chicago might vote you know left and they might push illinois left like like uh, into a blue state but how's how are the swing states gonna feel looking at that and being like damn you know yeah um and then and then the media oh everything's fine but one must ask themselves how safe are even these quote-unquote solid blue states because right now as we speak there's plenty of articles out that are showing how crazy the gun sales have gone up in new york i think we talked about this on a prior episode record over 121 percent of uh increases in background checks for guns not only that they said that right now the real estate market in new york is in New York City is having a huge hit because one, a bunch of people want to move away. A bunch of people don't want to buy real estate there because of how awful everything is. And they said that the suburbs of New York City, houses are so hot, like they don't stay on the market at all. Like this, like it's it's hot, like going like hotcakes because people are fleeing the city. I mean, the only question to that is, is do those people have enough self-awareness that are leaving these major cities to recognize what it is and what policies and politics cause you to leave? And then are you going to alter your vote accordingly? Because there's a lot of people that leave and they bring the bullshit with them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then there's people that leave and then they realize, okay, well, the reason we left is because... That shit is all fucked up. Yeah. And we realize that a a change is needed. And I think that's partly why you see so much enthusiasm. For a moment, if we will, like we could get into some of the numbers that were raised during the conventions. The Democrats raised 70 million. Republicans raised 76 million. Now, very interesting. One... I do think that raising so much money, I think it's a metric of how things are going because it's an indicator of people putting their money where their mouth is. It's an indicator of people putting their money in what they believe in. And people typically don't put their money into something and then fault away from it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You put your money into something that that's sort of an indicator that like you really believe in this. Now, very interesting thing about the money that's coming in. If you look and and it's badass because NPR, they have this uh, this uh, money tracker. Yeah. For uh, political donations. And uh, the stats are substantiated by the Federal Elections Committee. And. If you look at Biden's map, first off, Trump has greatly outraised Biden all of these months. I think there were two months that Biden outraised Trump, but it still didn't compare to the overall amount of donations collected from Trump. Yeah. 
But what's very interesting about that particular money tracker is that if you look and it goes from like solid green, which are areas for each individual candidate and like the respective areas that they're getting the most money from, it's solid green and then all the way down, shades of green all the way down to white. If you look at Biden, yeah, he has solid green in like Chicago, solid green in LA County, solid green in New York City, and shades of green around the nation. But you have plenty of areas, especially in the middle of the nation, where it's white, like like nobody. Yeah. Trump's map, you hardly see any white on it. That means across the board. Yeah. You're getting a lot of a lot of money, a lot of donators, a lot of donators. Now, what's interesting about that particular tracker is if you when you go in to the tracker, you see Cook County in Cook County or a place like Cook County. But this is specific to Cook County. Biden has raised six million dollars, but Trump has raised three million. Well, Cook County is Chicago. That's that's largely Democrat, yeah, and for Biden to only have three million dollars more in this particular district than 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 Trump says a lot. But then, what's even crazier when we go to LA County, Trump has actually raised a million more than Biden than Biden in LA. Trump is seventeen in LA. uh, Biden is sixteen in LA. But all of Biden's donating. Out of the top ten places, four or five out of them are from California. So you're very you're limited. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Where Trump, it's all over the map. Like the, yeah. the each of the top ten places is is a different state. Well, they for, they forget. That's why. That's kind of the argument against the whole popular vote thing. It's like, well, yeah, you're just you're just going for Chicago. You're going for New York. You're going for L.A. because it has. A, a bunch of people but it's still one segment of a be- very big country and different markets like yeah you don't you can't you can't go off of it was actually why Nan Omar and AOC and um what's her first name Presley um Ayanna Presley Ayanna Presley they all poll horribly nationally yet they have a seat in Congress yeah. and they're rock stars amongst the city type yeah, but it's like in their more, district. Yeah, of fucking nutcases. Yeah, lunatics. But 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 like nationally, you're not gonna do well. You're not gonna do well with that, which is why Bernie and AOC being on uh, on stage in the DNC is not good for you. Yeah, because now you have to play this this this. And we said it last episode. I mean, you painted yourself into a, a corner by just even saying. Uh, 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 Woman of color. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, again, you're really limiting your options. You're really going for something that you already really had. You know, you know you have the urban communities. You know you have Chicago. You know do, you have... Do you? Because yeah. today, today a poll came out where, said that, where it said that Trump is polling. It's a Hill-Harris X poll. Uh and it had uh, in early August, it had Trump at nine percent amongst the black voter block nationally. Yeah, and now he's at twenty four. Twenty four. Jesus. What, what's been said about the black vote is that if a candidate can have or hold twenty percent of the black vote, it almost guarantees they'll win. Damn. Yeah. This this is this is interesting. And I remember uh, in twenty sixteen once. It was all said and done. That was the most interesting part about it. Just seeing what what was what. Like who voted. Uh just a shock too between the 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 black and Latino community. Like the percentages were already shocking in twenty sixteen. So you'll get a good indicator. Well, I mean, I think we're getting good indicators now. Yeah. But once you know for real, like once you see it, it's like damn. And and, and it's crazy because it reminds me of the conversation we were having with uh Vinsanity about like, well, What'll happen to the left after all of this? If if they lose, yeah, do they do they become crazier or, or are they pretty much dead? And you made a valid point. Like if they want to, if they want to have any any amount of power going forward, like they're gonna have to move to the moderate side. 
Yeah, and I think there will be plenty of them that do, but I'm of the belief that there will be some that will stubbornly stay radical to the left. But depending on how the election turns out, it'll be too hard to stay that far to the left if we have like a... a Nixon-esque, Reagan-esque red wave. Yeah. Where like just the House, you get the House, the presidency, the Senate, and then across the board on the electoral map is red. Yeah. It, it'll get to the point where it's like, all right, you made your point clear. And even like the AOCs in her district will probably get voted out eventually. It'll be, it'll be crazy because if you look at history... From around the 60s, it's only ever been Republicans that have painted the map red. Democrats have never really painted the map blue. It's no. never it's never really happened. It's you had a lot of votes and obviously like, you know, you outnumbered your opponent by by a large margin, but like where the whole country is blue yeah. uh, on the electoral map, you don't really get that. You do get that on the flip side look because at Illinois Illinois is red Comp- like the only part is Cook County Chicago yeah there are other like little d- liberal districts but most mostly red yeah but but like the, when you see for instance matter of fact I think if I'm not mistaken in Reagan's second term the, the only one state voted blue and I think that was Minnesota Every other every other state voted red, uh, uh, so just it, crazy. And so I'm, I don't know if we'll necessarily get that with Trump, but if we get something of the sort, it would be too hard for the the Democrats to that want to stay radical left. It'd be too hard for them to stay left. Um, as far as the speakers, DNC versus RNC. What do you think in in comparing the the two groups of speakers? Um, I I like the. Uh, let me see. To compare. On, by the book, like what you saw, who was gonna speak, which was kind of hilarious because the left was like, "Oh look, look how diverse! Look how diverse!" Oh yeah, they're making fun of 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 uh of the RNC. It was actually really diverse. So yeah, yeah. I, I would say way more di- diverse than the DNC. Yeah, so it was just funny because they were just like laughing at that. I was like, well, this is pretty diverse. Um, I saw the even like some of the like I don't know if you saw the, the keynote speakers yeah. were not that diverse. It was like mostly trump's family like yeah it was, it was like they that's pe- people call it the the trump convention because it was a lot of his family you had tim scott uh he's really like the only like big dude other than trump's family that spoke but it was the the smaller speakers that i think really in the end of the day made more of an impact anyway yeah and and and, and some of them served on a platter by the left, like the McClowski family, yeah. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, they got busy. Yeah, their, they, in their oh, speech, they got super busy, and the, and and it's just funny because like this is where we're at in 2020, where someone will break through your gates. You come out to protect your home with your guns, so they won't break into your home, and somehow you're you're you're, you're the, the bad guy, the bad. and you're charged. <laughs> <laughs> and you're charged. <laughs> so that th- this is where we're at now. <laughs> and it, and it's hilarious. And but- I liked how they talked about they really went in depth with and I really liked that they talked about this the the idea that one of the protesters that was there is a left extremist that's actually running for political office. Yes. That yeah. was very good that they said that because understand that these people infuse politicians and if these people are okay with doing this imagine the type of shit that the politicians that they support or even them themselves become or rock with or their own echo chamber 
overflowing onto you and your life. I, I thought I thought that was a great point to drive home. Yeah, yeah. Another one was uh, the, the Sandman kid with the with the MAGA hat. Nick's. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was this meme. It's so awesome. It says you're cool, but you'll never be Nick Sandman cool. Being broadcasted on a network that you sued, wearing a MAGA hat about the topic that you won the suit. <laughs> it was it's something along those lines, yeah. but it was hilarious. Yeah, and and it's like um. Again, a situation in which if you watch what actually happened as opposed to what CNN wanted to show was completely different. The kid was minding his own business. The guy, mind you, the the, the, the Native uh, American guy. Nathan Phillips. Yeah, who had the, 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 the drum sitting and, and, and like playing the drum. He walked up to him and got super close, and it was just very awkward. Yeah. CNN... Just got that one bit where the kid's just kind of smiling. They said, "Look at this snarky kid. This is this is uh, Trump's America, whatever." And and yeah, more than CNN, CNN, yeah. ABC, MSNBC, the Washington Post. Like the he is set for life off of that moment, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is hilarious because what they try to do to the kid and uh, and he won the defamation yeah. lawsuit yeah and, and, and it's great and it's like it, it's so messed up because so many people breeze through the news and think that this you know kid With, is a bad kid yeah which while we're on that particular topic did you know that his lawyer Lynn Wood is head of Getting the defense together for Kyle Rittenhouse from Kono. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I don't think he'll win. be his lawyer, but yeah. he's like getting setting everything up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I can't wait to talk about that whole situation because I actually had like a little, like a mini debate with my mom about it. Interesting. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it's 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 crazy. I, I wonder. Do you think that also the push for defund the police, right? Which has is completely quiet now. Yeah. You don't see it anymore. Yeah. But do you think it was because law enforcement leaned to the right when it comes to voting blocks? So if you take over that, right, because they're like community policing, community policing, right, and you get rid of that and stop funding mm -hmm. that, it kind of changes the dynamic of that voting block maybe? I think so. I think that's that's a, a big key. Um, actually, I think... Tucker Carlson not that long ago made that argument uh, because police they they are more or less the, 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 the guardians of the establishment but and there is a but they because they are in, in, in constant dealings with the public they tend to lean more to the conservative side because obviously the conservative side of things you is is the less law-breaking side you know what i'm saying so you have that aspect of their subculture that obviously would make them lean a little bit more to the right um i think and, they're going to lean more to the right this election oh yeah well are the the one of the big police unions in New York already endorsed Trump. So yeah, that's definitely definitely they're they're leaning to the right. Then they did last election, but not as much as this election. Like last yeah. election, I think Trump and Pence had the fraternal order of police endorse yeah. them. But now it's like the FOP, it's like a bunch of police unions. So I do think partly the the defund the, the police move um Rhetoric stems from the notion that police officers, at least department, departmentally speaking, tend to lean to the right. But I think also there is a huge, uh, I don't know how, how, how we should call it, like a huge momentum right now for like mental health. Yes. There's a lot of people out there that feel like the funding that goes to the police should go to like mental health facilities here in Chicago. There was a demonstration not long ago 
where they were protesting uh, the funds allocated to build a police and fire academy. No. And they uh, it's supposedly supposed to be like state of the art, this and that. And there was a bunch of people protesting and demonstrating and saying that they think that they should build a really huge, big state of the art mental health facility. The problem with that, and we've dealt with this whole momentum before in this country. This is not the first time that there's been like efforts to 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 kick off a wave of of you know hiring mental health workers and building mental health facilities and stuff like that. The issue with that is that it's very hard to quantify. At a certain point, you get to where it's like, all right, well. Are you doing this because you're mental? You have mental issues, or you're mentally ill, or you're just a piece of shit? Because yeah. now you, it, it's it gets hard to quantify. Like, yeah. well, what is this? And I think that was the main reason why in the '80s they start they started to diminish that because it becomes too much of a crutch for society not getting yeah. their shit together. Oh well, I'm depressed. I'm this. I'm that. That's not to say that there aren't real mental health issues out there and there aren't things that people really need help. But I think we're at a place where it's easier to decipher if we go given too much to the momentum that these people are trying to push, I think a lot will get lost in translation. So that's the other yeah. thing. Yeah. And I, th I think too, a, a lot of it, a lot of it is uh family family and and the people around you and i think you also create a crutch based off of oh well they'll just give me pills 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 that's why i kind of hate about western medicine too is just pills, pills but the thing is too pills kind of create disorders too yeah and then and then yeah. like these disorders and these labels they become self-fulfilling prophecies with what like a looping effect it's like oh well you have anxiety I, twins I can't meet today I have anxiety like I I can't yeah. I, I can't deal with stuff I, you know I have anxiety well but there's business to handle you yeah. know what I'm saying so no. like that's what anxiety. I'm saying so now in that particular case you have somebody that would hold you accountable it's like alright I understand but there's things that need to be need to get done yeah but when you have your whole surroundings, like everybody in your life, yeah. your whole support system that gives in to this particular crutch, they're gonna give you a pass every time. And yeah. then now you're not advancing in life because you have this thing that you were labeled with when the reality is all of us have anxiety. It's yes. just that we deal with it differently. You know what I'm saying? Like that, being anxious is a good thing. It, it's what kept us alive in the caveman days yeah. from fucking leopards hunting. Like, it's good to have that. It's just, it, it, but for it to be debilitating is where you get into bad territory. And yeah. I think that's what we have now. We have a whole subculture of society that wants to justify debilitations. That, and, and then also, this is why I hate the self-help world is because it almost adds to that bullshit cuz it's like oh, big time that's so it's so fake and 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 like not really like anything real about yeah. self help like what it, the fuck it, is wrong with you yeah that, it's funny cuz i yeah. had a a, a a discussion recently because for something that stemmed from uh, my stance on on the whole Kyle Rittenhouse situation which we're going to get into yeah. but in that particular discussion that i had well, somebody, which is so funny because I'll post something like that. Yeah. And for some reason, when I post that, which is on, on our page, people yeah. always know that it's me because yeah. they reach out to me. All about self-help? <laughs> no, no. Oh. The, about like what I said about the, the, the oh. controversial statement that I said about <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into later. But people reach out to me like via, either via Snapchat or text me or whatever the case. And... We get into we get into a thing or whatever, but I I got into a back and forth with somebody about that, and a lot of the people that are on that whole kick right now, they lean a lot on things that can't be quantified. And you're just assumption, assumption after assumption, assumption after assumption, but on something that can't be quantified. So it'll be like, 
it'll be like, oh, well, I don't engage in those type of things because I'm not going to disrupt my personal peace. All right. Well, how do you quantify your person? So is like me opening a bag of chips and the crinkling sound, does that disturb your personal peace? Because if you operate life like that, as a matter of fact, it does. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's a very like weird way to go through life. Yeah. Is that, oh, you can't have certain conversations because they might upset people. Well, who cares? Because I mean, there's a lot of that. I can't quantify that. Nobody can. And so that's the, that's the kick that they're on. And if you notice, that's why they're so big on like stepping away from the things that Trump is for, because a lot of what Trump is for, most of what Trump is for, I would say is quantifiable job numbers, stock market, housing numbers, wages going like all of this stuff can be quantified it's a logical exactly there's a logical end to this exactly which what you're talking about is some shit that like it's like it's invisible fairies flying around like <laughs> I, nobody knows like what, how to handle it <laughs> yeah but and you're right and, and again going back to to all the the self-help stuff like people want to to talk about what's wrong with with society's ills all mental health but like you don't sit down and you you don't look at the nuances behind why you feel that because i i find that whenever you feel a certain way if you actually like delve deep and meditate on it and actually like really like try and understand it instead of like seeking some gratification on from a self-help book or, or or from a pill or from anything you you don't you don't really solve the problem you don't really yeah. solve it. You just how many people yeah. really have the capacity to sit in a room by themselves and face their demons? Exactly. And you don't have a lot of that, especially nowadays because for one, people are of the belief that you don't have to do that. Yeah. So that that's a big thing. It's like it's like, "Oh, well, you never should feel bad. You never should feel upset. Your peace should never be disrupted." Well, where did where when did that come in when who wrote that rule and like who the fuck like can can make that happen because that doesn't make any sense yeah in fact some of the best moments are right beyond when your peace is disrupted you think getting involved in real estate in rough neighborhoods having to renovate buildings or apartments or condos or whatever the case to like try to make a profit you think that that's a peaceful process yeah it is not no but afterwards there is a peace yes is it like uh remember that quote Temporary. from the the, the the first punisher movie yeah uh if if you want peace prepare for war yeah yeah it's it, yeah. it, it, it it's that and, and, and it's funny because this is what what what's uh very intriguing about like characters like like morty or like uh Russ Cole is they're viewed they say pessimistic shit but it's not so much that they're pessimistic it's, so, it's more that they're really attempting to like look at the scope of it all yeah. and, 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 and and they're trying and, and they're good people like if you look at like the shit like of course you're gonna say some fucking raw cold dark shit if you're Morty or or if you're Rick rather because shit you've seen like different galaxies you've seen different dimensions you've seen different worlds you've seen like you've seen what like the whole world hasn't seen and like you're supposed to be some normal person you know what I mean and so people confuse that with oh well yeah pessimism no, actually, the fact that dude still wants to explore and do more stuff is like, it's, he's kind of more of an optimist, really. Yeah. In a, in, a, in a sick way, kind of an optimist, but you see what I'm saying? And and I think there's something very key to what you just said in in that uh, the the example that you use using Rick from Rick and Morty is that this example of somebody who's well traveled. Not necessarily well-traveled, like, oh, I've gone on trips to so many places, but how many different types of environments have you been in? 
For instance, you and I have been in some very uncomfortable environments in our life, either due to our jobs, either due to a, a business situation, due to situations we dealt with growing up, even in, in due to situations for the podcast of like going in the field when looting was popping off this, that, and the other. Being harassed? <laughs> Not only that, the multifaceted approach that we've had to take with different environments. We've been around artists, rappers. We've been around filmmakers. We've been around podcasters. We've been around people that are into politics. We've been around gangbangers. We've been around criminals. We've been around guys that are just like us. When you have that world scope, you get a very good grip on what the world consists of. That doesn't mean you know everything about the world, but you have a very good grip of what it consists of. So when you hear somebody in the media say, oh, but it was the white people that were there agitating the crowd. Well, I was there and that was not like, you know what I'm saying? Like you can decipher how valid it even is what the person is saying is the whole real recognize real notion. Yeah. And I think there's something to that with the Republican speakers compared to like what we saw with the Democratic speakers is the Democratic speakers were mostly career politicians. And if it was an everyday person, it was an everyday person giving a very sad and somber story about something that the average American does not deal with. Versus the Republican speakers, well, yeah, you had a lot of Trump's family there, but you had way more everyday Americans that said how the right to choose for experimental treatments or experimental uh, medication, which is one of the first things that Trump signed, helped save their life, school choice. Like people that were in, are involved in all of these things that Trump has been an advocate for, they're everyday people yeah. and understand the greatness of what this country is and what it can be. On top of the fact, you had people, which was one of the craziest speeches of the RNC, the the, the Cuban guy, Maximo Alvarez, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he talked about how he's seen all of this before. And how great this country it is and and it's worth fighting for and everything like that. These are from real people. So it's more recognizable. And because Trump knows how to recognize that, people see him as more real than they do Joe Biden. And I think that's another another, uh, key comparison to the RNC and the DNC. Um, Now, there's a lot of confusion when it comes to the ratings. For each one, like yeah. I'm hearing, the RNC rated more, uh, had more viewership. I'm hearing that the DNC had more viewership. Now, what I do know for sure is that the RNC had more when it came to C-SPAN, by by hundreds of thousand. The first the the first night of the of the DNC on C-SPAN was like seventy six thousand viewers. The the first night of the RNC was four hundred and forty four thousand viewers. So that was like, it blew it Jesus. out of the water on C-SPAN. Yeah. On the mainstream networks, the DNC had more viewership. Makes more sense. But what was, but what's interesting about that is that in the DNC with the, with the, with the mainstream broadcasting, they never cut from speeches. With the RNC, the mainstream broadcasting networks did cut out of a lot of the speeches. So they, they're saying that that could have propelled a lot of the traffic that would have went to the major broadcast networks to C-SPAN because their viewer, their viewing experience would have been interrupted. Yeah. They're saying the online numbers for the RNC were were bigger. So it, it's, it's up there, but we do know that the RNC did uh, uh, rack in more money yeah. than, than the DNC. And I felt overall it was talked about a little bit more it felt it felt kind of weird i saw on twitter there was a lot more excitement that and then also i think whatever was talked about with the dnc it was nothing good like they were talking about it about how bad it was the rnc 
even the opposition didn't seem to have a lot of bad to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that's a bit of an indicator. But um let's go into the next segment because we spent a lot of time on that. It was a good a good yeah. back and forth. Yeah. But uh Portland. No. Yesterday, well, as we record this, it was yesterday where there was a huge, I mean, what some would consider to be civil war type of activities where you had a bunch of Trump supporters from, I guess, a suburb of Portland rally up. And it was a lot of them get on the highway with their trucks, with their cars, with their flags, with their gear and zoom right into Portland to clash with Antifa. And it resulted in a Trump supporter being shot and killed. Um, what are your thoughts on that whole thing? As far as uh, the the shooting or just in general what's the, going on? The whole thing. Like, um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you expect? What do you expect when, when we, we saw firsthand? Again, these aren't things that we see on the news. These are things we saw on the streets when... The looting, the George Floyd uh, looting and rioting happened. The cops did nothing. And why would they? Why would they if Lori Lightfoot is going to be like, oh, I'm condemning you guys. Why would they when she's cursing out aldermans about having a game plan for the rioting and looting? Why would they? Why would you as a pawn, like for, for the mayor, right? Because, of course... Yeah, let them loot, let them riot. But if they're in front of my house, you guys got to protect me, right? So you use the police as like these pawns and like, well, you guys got to let them do what, what, whatever they're going to do. So then as a U.S. citizen in general, you start looking at, oh, wow, I live. And again, I'm speaking about our, our experience here. Uh, we pay high taxes. Crime is up. Pritzker's talking about the, the progression of higher property taxes. But businesses aren't being helped. Landlords are not being helped. Um, some some kid shoots at the police. The police shoot at him because and, he, they're being shot at. And by help, yeah. you only mean up, the law being upheld. Y yes. Not help like, oh, give me some money. No, just... Oh, Simply asking for the law to be upheld. I thank you for clear clearing that up because yes, like letting businesses run and letting them, letting people kind of just get to where they have to get to. Not help should not, be normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be definitely should be normal. And it's like, well, that's up in the air. We don't really care. We, you know, whatever. Fuck you. Um. So then. You start seeing, we saw the 15-year-old get, get shot because he shot at the police. Or 17-year-old kid, whatever. Um, they went, looted downtown. Okay. I, so now so now if people commit crimes and if they get shot, then that's a go-ahead. That's a green light. to. So then you look at where your, city's, where your city is going and then you're like, well, shit, if they're not going to do anything, we'll do something. Let, let, let's go over there. We'll have our rifles. We'll protect the stores, the storefronts, all that. So it was kind of the, the argument I was having with my mom. Like, what do you expect? Like, some people are not going to, some people are not going to have it. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be tired of that. And the Portland situation. And, and the, the honest truth is this country was founded by people very much. I mean, this is going to sound like outlandish to a lot of people. But it's the truth. This country was founded by people very much like Kyle Rittenhouse and those people that went to Portland in the sense of that mindset that something is being wrong, it is being done wrong, people are being hurt and disrupted by it, and so other people need to stand up because the government won't do what they need to do. That's the reason because if this if these things get get quashed, people don't have the imagery on the news to go off of and be like, oh shit, over somebody might over there might need help or a business front or whatever. 
because one thing to make very clear for anybody that has anything to say about the people that went to Portland, Ted Wheeler, or 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 the stuff that happened in Kenosha, is here in Chicago, there were several examples of people standing up for their neighborhoods. Yes. We took footage of, of some people. We interviewed some people that were involved in such activities. There's there's footage out there of the Latin Kings preventing. And then, and then a lot of people that were advocates of Black Lives Matter had the nerve to say, to say, oh, uh, the Mexicans been racist. They've been racist. Well, racist or not, like you're going into their neighborhood. So yeah. are they expected to let you destroy? Like, I don't like what's your rationale that's supposed to take place here? Yeah. yeah. These Muslims from, from South Chicago, they own a strip mall. They were pacing the roof of their strip mall with with, with 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 rifles and AKs and a lady took a video and put it out on World Star. Oh look at these racist motherfuckers. Look well they're not going after you. They're just there protecting their shit. They're protecting their their, their investment. So that's exa- that's an example of people that were willing to defend themselves. But when you get to a place like Portland which is like a radically left city. So I'm sure a lot of people there don't have guns. I'm sure it's just a lot of softer uh, uh, attitude, uh, uh, softer way of being type of people. A lot more docile. A lot more docile. The, The rioting, the looting continues. And then you have all those Trump supporters were like, all right, it's enough. Then the mayor does a press conference and condemns Trump because those supporters went in to the city to do what the mayor refuses to do. And somehow it's Trump's fault because yeah. Trump offered help and you turned yeah. down the help. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what happens when you're not a leader. People will take arms. People will protect what they feel they need to protect because... I mean, for the most part, you're seeing, like, and I would imagine Portland's the same situation. The cops are probably like, shit, we do something. We're going to be the bad guys. Yeah, and you I'm know? sure they're, they've been given orders, like most of the cops in these left-leaning cities, fall to back. stand down yeah. and fall back. Yeah, absolutely. Fall back. Uh, we just talked about the, the, the Christopher Columbus statue. Fall back. What, what, what's not wearing riot gear in front of all these uh, rioters? It's falling back. Yeah, it's... it's, it's well, you, listen, they're going to throw bricks at you and all types of just, you know, try not to get that injured. OK, because it's good for, you know, it looks like we're doing something for them. No, stop. So it, it's it's uh, it's sad. And it's it reminds me, too, of like the conversation you had because we went to the Home Depot. That's uh, that's well, not an angle. It's kind of like Chatham, is it? Yeah. And uh we asked, like the police was 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 passing by, and like they were just kind of like walking. Yeah, as that's where we were in the field filming the Chicago looting. Yeah, just and they were just like not really. They were just like, oh, just just go, just go. Very docile approach. They yeah, didn't care. and and you were like, well, why are you guys not like arresting or whatever people, or you're not gonna? And uh, the guy, the guy looked like he wanted to engage in a conversation about it, but like looked c- kind of conflicted. Yeah. And regardless if, 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 if he wanted to uphold the law, like you could tell that they were just told like, listen, just walk, just them, be there. Yeah. Just be there. Don't go, you know, don't stop these criminals from, from doing criminal things. Just <laughs> let, let, you know, <laughs> let them walk out and you know, it is what it is. And man, that's tough. That was a that was uh, an eye opener because it it, 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 I would assume, made them also realize that they're not really in, in as much power as they think they are. Nah. And, and 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 I'm not saying like the police should be there for power. I'm not saying that. That's why I I kind of don't respect a lot of things about the police subculture. No. So like. You know the police and their job and all of that is good. I'm I'm definitely not for defund the police or anything like that. But there's this like very 
like macho subculture about the police like oh yeah we're badasses but really like your power is not real because if you're given an order to stand down while like the property that people work their whole lives to get is being destroyed no. like you have no power really so like i would just shut up with all of that because yeah. you're not like that's not macho at all that's actually like the opposite of macho so you'd be uh, the weakest uh piece on a chessboard yeah really. so i mean think about that yeah exactly well said yeah but but uh yeah so the portland situation not shock and then the kenosha one with with uh the kid the kid wasn't supposed to have the gun right because he's 17 years old 17 and then uh, i don't think that type of gun is legal in wisconsin from something that i've read so those are you know clearly you know that examples of that he broke the law but beyond that you don't have much of a case to charge him with first degree murder now you say you got into a, a a little bit of a debate with your mom what, what did that consist well, of? well it was kind of based off of my argument was the argument i just made about the whole portland situation because she was oh well the, look at the kid he's a stupid 70 you shouldn't have been there this is and that and i explained to her what i explained about the portland situation which is listen if the police well first of all if the government doesn't take a stand on what's right what's wrong and in this case it's not even complicated it's not that hard right it's, it's, it's really not that hard like people pay taxes people want to feel safe have the police do their job it's it's not that hard irregardless of how it looks on camera yeah 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 like that at the end it's what's right what's wrong that's it that's all you have to do that's what you were elected to do you can't do that okay so now again people arm themselves people want to protect property people this was bound to happen it was just bound to happen i'm, I'm not shocked i'm not i really am not so i was i was telling her that and like right right from the when i finished she was just like you're right <laughs> you know because like i mean you you're not looking at it from a perspective of like you know because because in chicago for example there's pockets where that's happening downtown they're they're really focusing on that but i mean let that start happening and, and what when it did happen you saw the repercussions latin kings were in englewood driving in rammers looking for people like y'all want to fuck with our neighborhood We're so so there will be it's not just going to be white people it's going to be all types of people we're talking about the muslims in, in that strip mall and there was a, a black people with AKs there too I, I, I don't know if there were the security guards but there's going to be the people that are like you're not going to do this and then there's going to be the people that want to do it and, and there's going to be a clash Yeah. what if that lady that said oh yeah they're racist they're racist she had a bunch of people riled them up and you know how it gets with, with the rioters and the looters the more the safer they feel to do something and yeah. it's like it, it, it's, it's not this is not something that 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 should be happening and it's happening because of the inadequacy of the elected officials so go vote you know but 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 when i told her that like she really didn't have a all she said was like well he's 17 well yeah but i mean okay you know i mean i don't i don't necessarily see like what the age has to do with yeah. it because i mean i was very mature at 17 yeah like i mean all over the city like you know in in involved in at what well, uh, uh rapping working school uh, uh yeah so everywhere yeah everywhere, everywhere. So, so yeah now that like i don't think the age really has like that much to do with it um and then another thing as far as like the the legalities of the case which is so funny because i got into oh which it, it's worth mentioning the huge back and forth that I got into oh, when when I had put that I on Facebook the controversial statement. I knew it was gonna stem a little controversy. I didn't think that it was gonna spark so much. Where I said um, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is not a murderer, yeah. and boom, shit blew up. Um, but what's funny about that is that if you juxtapose that particular situation to other 
occurrences of looting and rioting and and stuff like that there have been plenty of times where people have gotten killed or or maimed or beat up david dorn the the example that we just talked about in portland now obviously that happened after the kenosha situation but still an example that like you could be somewhere in the midst of the rioting and looting and you can be killed so the idea that you would have somebody that would defend themselves in this particular case it happens to be somebody that's 17 years old and was pretty handy with that rifle i mean you can't really have it both ways especially the hypocrisy of well you want to get rid of the police you believe in community policing, but now you have somebody that just essentially policed, <laughs> yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. essentially policed themselves and policed the situation, and, and your mind is blown. Yeah. So, like, well, what do you what do you want to to take place? So it's uh, and again with the assumption, there were certain arguments. Oh, well, because he's look at him, he's white racist. Which oh, I he, mean, like, like that, like what? What do you? I don't know anything about this kid. Number, I don't. Number one, the two people that he killed were white. So <laughs> I don't like. And then somebody, I said, I made that argument, and someone was like, "But he saw them as black." Oh, so you fucking peref, for Professor X, you know what the <laughs> fuck he he can see? He has so, to be black. So yeah, that shit, that At shit is, is is very outlandish. And then <laughs> people get upset when I delve into the legalities of something. But the reality of the matter is... That's how the law works. That's how it works. And that's how you justify... That's how you come up with whether or not something is justified or not. And based off of my assessment, he was just in what he did. In all three occurrences of the three people that he shot, two of which he killed, he was being attacked. He did not provoke those attacks. And in one of the occurrences, he tried to render aid to the person. Did you did you know I, that? I, I didn't see that. So the no. first guy that threw a Molotov cocktail at him, which the news doesn't say that a Molotov oh, yeah, cocktail I know that. Yeah. was thrown at the kid. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. first off, who would throw a Molotov cocktail at anybody with a rifle is beyond me. Yeah, that's not going to be something you're going to win. And then and then secondly. Like why if it was, um, pro- but that's the thing when you have the imagery that the 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 media puts out there of oh look at this kid like Nick Sandman this snot nosed kid it's like such a hatred yeah. because what like a young white kid that's a Trump supporter or a young white kid that that has a gun I mean like it's an oxymoron you're saying oh. I hate racism, but you hate him because he's white, and you're assuming that he's racist, and you're assuming all these things because of his race. You're no better. You're no better. So stop saying that you're not a racist when you when that's what you're gonna look at. Oh, look, because he's white, he's he's uh, he's snotty, and all. no, look at this. Why don't you look at the story, look at it, and delve deep, and and then see, and stop assuming too, like. I'm not gonna assume about anything. I'm yeah. gonna look at like the facts, and 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 like, no matter how I feel about it, there there's the law aspect, and and the law, there's a reason why there is a law aspect. Yeah. Because when you're emotional, you're not thinking straight. You're not thinking straight at all. Um, you could you could have an opinion on how you would have handled something, and your emotions yeah. don't really don't are not really valid because, for instance, yeah. I am sure. 100% that if you go on YouTube and you type in v- guilty verdict reactions right now, you'll see a multitude of videos that come up of people that are getting guilty verdicts uh, and getting sentenced to 100 plus years, life in prison, death sentence, whatever have you, because they did some heinous crime. And you're going to get somebody who's a loved one of that person that committed a heinous crime and deserves to go away for the rest of their life, crying and weeping in the background out of their emotions. Yeah. Your emotions are invalid here. Yeah, you have them, you feel them, yeah. but the reality of the matter is this person deserves to go away. This is what the law dictates. Yeah. So when I come in and, and I introduce that into the conversation, I don't see like 
what's so bad about that? Yeah. And and it's so funny because I do lean on the side of the legalities and I do lean on the side of you know the the totality of the circumstances. I find myself more often right than wrong when it comes to the outcomes of yeah. these things. And I've called them plenty of times, so in some cases, even here on the show. Um, and it's because you have to look at all of that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I did get into a little bit of a back and forth with somebody that said that that thought that the kill was justified for Kyle Rittenhouse, but that he shouldn't have been there. And I was like, well, what do you mean he shouldn't have been there? Oh, he was 17. He was not even from that area. Oh, okay. But there were people that were there that were not from that area. Like what? Yeah. What, because that's the the thing that's circulating a lot. He shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't have been there. But but why? So yeah. should when we went into the field and got footage of all the looting that popped off, if somebody had attacked us and we had to take them down or do something yeah. to them and they ended up dying or whatever... Should we not have been like who yeah. dictates who should be where and and where because apparently I mean, in this nation people, yeah. we have the right and the 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 freedom to cross state lines and yeah. go to where we think where help is needed, and then another thing that greatly hurts the which I didn't talk about this in my argument about the whole situation but it's surfaced since then, it greatly hurts the prosecution argument of first degree murder. Which really, to me, in my opinion, is just an example of a DA placating to the mob yeah. and trying to throw out the like most severe charge. Um, something that surfaced that hurts the prosecution is a video that came out of that happened right before all of the the, the madness, where somebody's asking Kyle Rittenhouse why he's there, and he says, "Well, I'm here to protect businesses." I'm here to protect people, and I even have my my medical kit because if somebody needs help, I'm running into harm's way. Yeah. Well, that doesn't sound like somebody that's there to kill at all. Yeah. Because and if if somebody said, "Oh, well, he had a rifle," well, there's plenty of people that have guns on them, but they don't intend to kill anybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's a huge defense that the defense will be able to use um and what's interesting it looks like i don't i'm not 100 percent certain in, on this but the first person that he shoots it looks like he tries to render aid to the guy before the mob starts attacking him and and then he you know goes to the police and then that's when the other guys attack him and then he has to shoot them too and everything like that uh very interesting story very uh crazy we're gonna see how that develops but I'm of the belief that the kills were justified. Yeah. That's our episode for this week. Thank you guys for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Keep on sharing. Remember, we're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple, and Google. Follow us on Twitter at Hanging With Apes. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.